My Favorite Theorem. I'm your host, Evelyn Lamb. I am a freelance math writer, usually based in Salt Lake City, but currently based in Paris. And this is your other host. I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. Every episode, we invite a mathematician on to tell us about their favorite theorem. Uh, this week, our guest is Dave Richardson. Can you tell us a little about yourself, Dave? Sure. Uh, I'm a professor of mathematics at Dickinson College, which is in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm also currently the editor of Math Horizons, which is the undergraduate magazine of the Mathematical Association of America. Great. And so how did you uh, get from wherever you started to Carlisle, Pennsylvania? Uh, the way things usually work in academia, <laughs> I applied to a bunch of schools. Uh, but actually, seriously, my wife uh, knew someone in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, my girlfriend at the time, uh, wife now, and uh, she saw the list of schools that I was applying to and said, you should get a job at Dickinson because I know someone there. And I did. So <laughs> That never happens. Wow. That never happens. That never <laughs> happens. Yeah, Dave and I actually go back a long way. So um, he was he was finishing his PhD at Northwestern when I was a postdoc there. That's right. Um, that's that, that that's how old timey we are. Hey, Dave, why don't you why don't you plug your excellent book? Uh, yeah, a few years ago, I wrote a book called Euler's Gem: The Polyhedron Formula and the Birth of Topology. Uh, it's at Princeton University Press, and um, I could have chosen Euler's formula as my favorite theorem, um, but I decided to choose something different instead. That's very cool. I, I can't. I, I really recommend Dave's book. It's great. I have it on my shelf. It's 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 a good read. Yep. Yeah. So you you've told us what your favorite theorem isn't. So what is your favorite theorem? Yeah. Well, we have we have a family joke. My kids are always saying, "What's your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite color?" And and I'm just not a uh, you know I don't really rank things that way. So this was a it was a really challenging uh, assignment for to come up with a theorem. Uh, I have recently been, inter been interested in pi and Greek mathematics, and so currently I'm fascinated by this theorem of Archimedes, uh, and so that is what I'm uh, giving you as my favorite theorem, favorite theorem of the moment. Um, and okay. so the theorem, uh, the theorem says that uh, if you take a circle, uh, the area of that circle is the same as the area of a right triangle that has uh, one leg equal to the radius and one leg equal to the circumference of the circle. Um, so area equals one half C times R. Um, and uh, hopefully we can spend the rest of the podcast talking about why I think this is such a, a fascinating theorem. Well, I, I really like this theorem because um, uh, I think you know, in grade school, you memorize this formula, the area is pi R squared, right? And yep. if you, of course, if you translate what you just said into modern terminology or whatever or, or notation, that's is, that is what it would say. But um, uh, it's always been a mystery, right? It just gets presented to you in grade school as, "Hey, this is the formula of a circle. Just take it." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, um, you know, we have these two circle formulas, right? The area equals pi r squared, and the circumference is two pi r, or um, the way it's often presented is that pi is the circumference divided by the diameter. Um, and so, as you said, you could um, convince yourself that Archimedes' theorem is true by using those formulas, but really that's sort of the reverse. Really, right. we have those formulas because of what Archimedes did. Um, pi has uh, a long and fascinating history. It was discovered and rediscovered um, in many, many cultures, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, Chinese, Indians, um, and so forth. Um, but no one until 
the Greeks um, really looked at it in a rigorous way and um, and started proving theorems about about pi and and the relationship between the circumference and the diameter and the area of the circle. Right, and something that you had said uh, in one of your emails to us was about how it's not even you know if you ask a mathematician when pi when who proved that pi was a constant that that's a hard question. It, it yes exactly. Um, I mean, in a way, it seems easy. Um, you know, pi is usually defined as uh, the circumference divided by a di the diameter for any circle. Um, mm -hmm. And in a way, it seems kind of obvious. If you take if you take a, a circle and you blow it up or shrink it down by some factor of k, let's say, then the circumference is going to increase by a factor of k, and the diameter is going to increase by a factor of k. And so, when you do that division, you would get the same number. So that seems sort of obvious and in a way it kind of is. Um, but what's really tricky about this is that uh, you have to have a way of talking about the length of the circumference and that is a, a curve. And it's not obvious how to uh, talk about lengths of curves. Um, and in fact, it, you know, if you ask a mathematician um, who proved that circumference over the diameter is this same value of pi, um, a lot of that, most mathematicians, I would argue, don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would put money on it that most people would think it's in Euclid's elements, uh, which is um, sort of the, the Bible of geometry, uh, but it isn't. There's nothing about um, the circumference divided by the diameter or anything equivalent to it uh, in Euclid's elements. Um, just to put things in context here, uh, maybe a, a quick primer on Greek mathematics, um, you know, uh, Euclid wrote elements sometime around 300 BC. Um, Pythagoras was before that, uh, maybe, I don't know, 150 years before that. And Archimedes um, was probably born after Euclid's elements was written. So this is relatively late in the, this Greek period of, of mathematics. Mm -hmm. You know, getting, getting back to that question of proportionality, or this idea that all circles are similar and that's why everybody thinks pi is a constant. Yeah. Why is that obvious, though? I mean, I agree that all circles are similar. Yeah. Right, but this idea that if you scale a circle by a factor of k, that its length factors scales by k, I agree. For if you take a a, a polygon, right, that, right. That, that it's clear. But why yeah. does that work for curves? Right. Yeah, that's well, a, that. Yeah, I, I guess I think, that, that's the, that's the crux of the matter in some sense, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, uh, you know, one uh, mathematician I read called this inherited knowledge. So this was something mm. that was um, known. Um, for a long time, and it was rediscovered in many places. I, I think obvious is sort of a, as, as we all know from doing math, obvious is a tricky word in math. So it, it's obvious, meaning lots of people have thought of it, but if you actually have to make it rigorous and um, give a proof uh, of this fact, uh, it's tricky. Um, and so it is obvious in a sense that um, it seems pretty clear, uh, but if you actually have to uh, connect the dots, it's tricky. Um, and in fact, um, Euclid could not have proved it in his elements. Um, he begins the elements with uh, his, his uh, famous five postulates that sort of uh, set the stage. And from those, he proves everything in the book. And it turns out that those five postulates aren't enough to prove this theorem. And so one of Archimedes' contributions was 
um, to recognize that we needed more than just Euclid's postulates. And so he, um, he added two new postulates to those. And, and from that, he was able to um, give a, a satisfactory proof that circumference divided by, or that the area equals one half the circumference uh, times the radius. What, what so, were the new postulates? Sorry, I've right. <laughs> uh, These were, um, one of them was that if you have, uh, uh, essentially, if you have two points, then the shortest distance between them is a straight line, mm. uh, which again, seems sort of obvious. Uh, and actually, Euclid did prove that for polygonal lines, but Archimedes is including curves as well. Mm. Um, and the other one is that if you have, um, it's it's sort of, Easier, it would be easier to draw a picture, but if you had two points and you uh, connected them by a straight line and then connected them by two uh, curves that he calls concave in the same direction, then the one that's in between the straight line and the, and the other curve is shorter than the second curve. So okay. anyways, it has to do with, uh, it has to do with uh, uh, the, the way he uses this, um, the way he uses the way he uses both of those theorems is to say that if you take a circle and you inscribe a polygon, like a regular polygon, and you circumscribe a regular polygon, that the inscribed polygon has the shortest perimeter, then the circle, and then the circumscribed polygon. And that's sort of the key fact that he needs. And he uses his two axioms to justify that. Okay. And so this sounds like it's also very related to his... Uh, I guess somewhat more famous work on actually deter bounding the value of pi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we have um, some writings of his that go goes by the name measurement of a circle. Um, unfortunately, it is incomplete, and there's um, it's clearly not come down to us very well through history. And and sort of the two main results in that are the theorem that I was just talking about and his, his famous bounds on pi. So uh, that pi is between 223 70 firsts and 22 sevenths. And 22 sevenths is a very famous uh, approximation of pi. Um, and yes, and so uh, these are all tied together and they're in the same, um, the same treatise that he wrote. Um, and in both cases, he uses um, this idea of approximating a circle by uh, inscribed and circumscribed polygons. Um, which uh, turned out to be extremely fruitful. Um, you know, really for 2,000 years, people were trying to get better and better approximations. And really until, uh, until calculus, um, they basically used Archimedes techniques and just used polygons with more and more and more and more sides to try to get better approximations of pi. Yeah, it takes a lot too, right? I mean, I think, uh, yeah. weren't his bounds something like um, a 96 gone? Or yeah, that that's used? right. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I once got a, a, a wrote a GeoGebra applet thing to, or just to run through the calculations like that. And, you know, yep. it, it takes it a while to even get to 3.14. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty slow convergence. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I should, I should also plug um, another uh, mathematician from the Greek era who um, is not that well known, and that is Eudoxus. And so a lot of this, um, so he did work before, Euclid um, and a lot, uh, big chunks of Euclid's elements are based on the work of Eudoxus. And, and he was the one who really um, uh, set this in motion. Um, it's become known as the method of exhaustion, but really it's, it's uh, the ideas of calculus and limiting in right. disguise. Um, this idea of proving these theorems about 
shapes with curved boundaries using polygons, um, you know, better and better approximations of the polygons. Um, and so uh, Eudoxus is, is uh, one of my favorite mathematicians that most people don't really know about. Well, that, that's, that's exactly it, right? They, they almost had calculus. Right, yeah. Almost. It's yeah. really pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Greeks were pretty afraid of infinity, so. <laughs> right. Actually, I'm sort of surprised that, that they let the method of exhaustion go. I mean, that, that, that they were okay with it because it is sort of getting at a limiting process. And, and you're, as you say, they don't like infinity. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you would think they might not have accepted that as a proof technique. Yeah, uh, I mean, really, and maybe this is talking too much for the mathematicians in the in the audience, but um, really, the way they present this is a proof by contradiction, um, mm -hmm. and so um, they show that it can't be done, and then they get these polygons that are close enough that it can be done, and then that gives them a contradiction, and, you know. So, um, so the the final style of the proof would, I think, be comfortable to them. They don't really take a limit. They don't um, mm -hmm. pass to infinity, anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So something we like to do on this podcast is ask our guests to um, to pair their theorem with something. You know, great things in life are, are often better paired: wine and cheese, yeah. <laughs> uh, beer and pizza. So what yeah. <laughs> best with your theorem? Uh, uh, I don't know. I have I have to go with the the obvious. Uh, Hi. <laughs> Maybe pizza. <laughs> oh, just pizza? Okay. Yeah, okay, pizza, yeah. Oh, what flavor? Yeah. Or huh? toppings? What topping? Yeah, what, what goes on it? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of black olives on my pizza, so. <laughs> okay. Just, just okay. black olives? Uh, yeah, maybe some pepperoni, too. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> Deep dish, thin crust, you know, not uh, specific. Uh, I'd say thin crust, thin crust pizza, pepperoni, and black olives. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you'd, you'd say this is the best, uh, best way to properly appreciate this theorem of Archimedes is over a slice of pizza. I think so. I think I would, uh, I would enjoy going to a, you know, a good pizza joint and talking to uh, some mathematicians and, uh, Telling them about about who first proved that circumference over a diameter uh, is pi that it was Archimedes. Actually, uh, I was saying to Kevin before you started recording that I actually have a funny story about about this. That uh, I started investigating this and I, I I wanted to know who first proved that circumference over a diameter uh, was a constant. And um, I did some looking and did some asking around and couldn't really uh, get a satisfactory answer. And so I uh, sheepishly at a conference went up to um, a pretty well-known math historian, and uh, and said, "I have this question about pi. I'm kind of embarrassed to ask." And he said, "Who first proved that circumference over diameter is a constant?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "Probably." He's like, "I guess Archimedes, but you know, I really don't know." And that's when I realized it was a, an interesting question and something to to look at a little bit more deeply. Yeah, that's well, a good I, life lesson too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask that question that you think. You, that you are a little afraid to ask. Yeah, yeah, and also that most answers to ancient Greek mathematics involve Archimedes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, through this whole investigation, I have I've gained um, an unbelievable appreciation of Archimedes. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think Euclid and Pythagoras probably have more name recognition, um, but the more I 
the more I read about Archimedes and things that he's done, the more I realize he is one of the greats. I mean, you know, one of the great top five mathematicians. All right, so that's it. What's the top five? I got <laughs> uh, Let's see here. I guess. Uh, unordered, uh, unordered. Unordered. Maybe, uh, all right, so I already have Archimedes, yep. Euler, sure. Newton, Gauss. Yep. And uh, who would my, who would number five be? Somebody uh, modern, come on. Yeah. Uh, how about how about Poincaré? That's not not exactly sure. modern, but more modern than the rest of them. <laughs> sure, that's a pretty. Good uh, I also list. want to put while we're talking about Archimedes, I do want to also make a plug that um, there's all this talk about tau versus pi. Um, I I don't want to really weigh in on that one, but what I would like to plug is that I think we should call pi Archimedes number. Um, we mm. talked about um, pi as the circumference constant, pi is the area constant. Um, and Archimedes was um, involved with both of those. Um, people may not know that he also was involved with uh, attaching pi to um, the volume of a sphere and pi to the surface area of the sphere. I mean, here I'm being a little historically inaccurate. Uh, pi as a number didn't exist for a long time after that. But basically it's recognizing that uh, all four of these um, things that we now recognize as pi are connected to the circumference of a circle, the area of a circle, the volume of a uh, sphere, and the surface area of the sphere. Uh, in fact, he famously asked um, that this be represented on his tombstone when he died. Uh, he had this uh, lovely um, way to put all four of these together. And he said that if you take uh, a sphere and you enclose it in a cylinder, so that's um, a cylinder that's touching the sphere on the sides, and a sphere, think of like a can of soda or something that is touching on the top as well, that the volume of the cylinder to the sphere is in ratio three to two, and the surface area of the uh, cylinder to the sphere is also in ratio three to two. And if you work out the math, it uses all four of these, um, uh, all four of these versions of pi uh, appear in that sort of calculation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we do have some evidence that that, that this was actually uh, carried out. Um, uh, years later, uh, the Roman Cicero uh, found Archimedes' tomb, and it was covered in brambles and so forth. And he talks about seeing the the sphere and the cylinder on Archimedes' uh, tombstone, which is kind of oh, cool. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he wrote about it. So, right. and of course, how Archimedes died is also another good story. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really too bad. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, I was just reading about that this week. Actually, this the sort of the Roman siege of Syracuse, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and and Archimedes, in addition to being a great mathematician and physicist, was uh, a great engineer, and he built all these war devices to help uh, keep the the Romans uh, at bay. Uh, and he ended up uh, he ended up being killed by a Roman soldier. The story goes that he was doing math at the time. Um, and uh, the Roman general was uh, apparently upset that, that they killed Archimedes, um, but that was yeah. sort of his end. Yeah. And then so, on Mythbusters, yeah. they actually tried the deal with the mirrors to see if they could make a sail catch on fire. Did you see that? Yeah, this? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some of these stories have more uh, evidence than others. Apparently the, the story of using the burning mirrors mm -hmm. uh, to catch ships on fire, that uh, appeared much, much later. And so the mm -hmm. historical connection to Archimedes is, is pretty flimsy. Right. Uh, and it, like, as you said, it was, uh, it was debunked by Mythbusters on TV. <laughs> or they weren't able to match Archimedes, I should say. <laughs> well, yeah. few of us can, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
I think the other the other the other thing that um, is historically interesting about this is that um, one of the most famous problems in the history of math is um, the problem of squaring the circle. Mm -hmm. So this is a a famous Greek problem, which says that if you have a circle and you have only a compass and a straight edge, can you construct a square that has the same area as the circle? And this was a a very challenging and difficult uh, problem. And um, reading Archimedes' writings, it's pretty clear that he was uh, working on this pretty hard. And so that's part of the context, I think, of of this work that he did on pi was trying to tackle this problem of squaring the circle. Um, It turns out that this was impossible that it was it is impossible to square the circle, um, but that wasn't discovered until 1882. Um, so at the time, it was uh, still an interesting open problem, and Archimedes made various contributions that were um, related to this to this famous problem. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I could go on and on. Well, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so today that is my favorite, my uh, favorite theorem. The, okay. The so, so theorem. we, we, we could have you on again and it might be different. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> Great. Well, um, thanks Dave. We certainly appreciate you being here. Yeah. I should say if, uh, if people would like to read about this, um, I did write an article called circular reasoning who first proved that C divided by D is a constant. And so some of the things I talked about are in that article, um, Mathematicians can find it in yes, the College Math Journal, and um, it just recently was uh, included in Princeton University Press's um, book, uh, "The Best Writing on Mathematics," 2016 edition. So oh, uh, you, cool. can, you can find that uh, wherever your local yeah, books. And where else can uh, our loyal listeners find you online, Dave? Uh, I um, spend a lot of time on Twitter. I am div by zero, D-I-V-B-Y-Z-E-R-O. Uh, I also blog occasionally at divizbyzero.com. So okay. Are, that's right. where I'd recommend finding me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for uh, asking me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M, that's at My Favorite Theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics. <laughs>